God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. And that if a fool that says there's no God, a, a man who walks upright is righteous with God. A man who trusts God is with God. So there's different aspects of God. On one hand, you have the wicked man and you have God in the middle. And on the other hand, you have a righteous man with God in the middle. God is responding to each one. And David takes us through the gyrations of being human. The wicked man, the man of the flesh and the man of the spirit. The righteous man is not a righteous man because of his own self, because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the justifier. He justifies so that he is the one who makes us righteous. We are only righteous in Christ Jesus, not in ourselves, not in our imagination and not in our status in society. What makes us right is that we're saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost and hidden in Christ. Our life is hidden in Christ Jesus. So who walks? with God. So that's what we're going to start off talking about. That's what this lesson is about. Who walks with God? And this, then we're going to start with verses one, two, and three. And one, one, it, it asks us a question, who will dwell with God? Who will dwell within his holy hill? Please, please mute your phone. I'm sorry, that's probably Thank you. So we need to we need to we need to go back and look at verse one, two and three and verse one. It says a psalm of David who shall sojourn in your tent. So who will live with you? And then the next question, who shall dwell in your holy hill? So we got the safety of the tent and we got the place of the tent is holy hill. So not only is where God dwells holy, but the land to which it dwells on is holy, which would be Israel at the time. OK. So we have that. Now, the second verse says he it describes. And that's why I say who walks with God. He who walks blamelessly and does not what and does what is righteous speaks truth in his mouth. So he speaks in his mouth. He speaks in his heart. So the so the person who dwells with God, who lives in his tent, who is upon his holy hill is a person who speaks from his heart out of the heart mouth. The mouth speaks. Well, we know the Bible tells us out of the heart, the mouth speaks lies and wicked things, but a godly heart, it speaks, delivers the rivers of living water. That's what the heart does. So in verse one through three, we are looking for what kind of person dwells in the house of the Lord. What kind of person uh, walks with God, walking with God, what does that really mean? What? Put your phone on mute, please. Oh, I thought you were asking us a question. No, it's the lecture part. You, I'll, you, we'll talk about. We'll have time to talk once I'm done. So, a person who walks with God is a person who lives out his life in the order that God has called him to do. So, the first thing, a person who walks with God is a person who is accountable and responsible and say to yourself, a person who walks with God is accountable and responsible. 
Okay, we have that in Genesis one twenty six through one twenty eight. Made was man made was man man was made in his image, and given dominion over all the earth. So the first thing a person who walks with God, we talk about Adam. We see that in Genesis one verse twenty six through twenty eight. That man was made in God's image and his likeness and his character and made was man was given dominion, meaning control and order. But he had to report to God. He was supposed to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. God gave man a job before he gave him a wife. He gave him a job to do. So a man, we just deal with man right now. The male was given responsibility, accountability to God to subdue the earth and Take care of it. Then he was given women, a wife. The wife was to be his helpmate in doing so all doing that, which God had called him to do. And she was the, she would be the avenue to which he would be fruitful and multiply himself. So she was just as important, just as responsible to carry out and be accountable and responsible to God. The second thing that we have for a person who walks with God, he must trust God. He must trust God. Uh, we must trust God with our walk. Uh, first, uh, first Corinthians five and seven tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. Everything that we do with God is spiritual. Now, it may manifest itself in the natural, but it's spiritual. So people who walk with God, we live by faith. And our faith is being tested. Our faith is being tried. Our faith is being put upon. Our faith is being put in the furnace right now. And it feels as Daphne and, and uh, Frida has said that this thing is, is, is wearing on me because we can't do what we did by sight. We got to do by faith now. We can't have church. All of us seeing each other and smiling at each other and crying on each other and sharing the physicality of being next to each other. We have to, God has moved us into a position that says, hey, I'm still here. You're still here. Your walk was always a walk with faith. But what I've done is created a circumstance to which it has to be proven out and manifest in your daily life. Minister Daphne said it all in her testimony. She said, when I wasn't connected, I was in despair. Now that I'm participating and Frida said what she said, I found a, a fellow laborer in the field, a sister who's speaking the way I felt. Yes, it's OK to feel that you disconnected. It's OK to feel that you missed the fellowship. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the human side. He gave us these feelings in their proper place. And that is expressed properly for you not to, for you to be concerned. Is, is it a good expression? But we also have to say what the Bible says. We walk by faith and not by sight. That means we live out our lives before God in a faith walk, regardless of what we see or what we don't see or what we don't understand. The third part is not to be self-absorbed. To walk with God, you have to be you can't be, as uh, Sister Luweda says, uh, uh, a narcissist. Someone who is self-absorbed. It is all about you. See, when you get in despair, you think about it. Who is it about now? Is it about the congregation or is it about you and what you think and how you feel? And then if you if you let that thing of despair keep rolling up in you, you'll get bitter. You'll get mad. 
You actually start blaming the members of the congregation. You start saying we're doing something wrong. You say, well, pastor ain't doing this or, or somebody ain't doing that because you're not being satisfied in your flesh, in your despair. But when you come out of it, like Sister Daphne did, she leaned on the Lord. She left being self-absorbed and got into what God is saying. She left that. Uh, Proverbs uh, 3, 5 and 6. It tells us that he says, uh, lean not to your own understanding. God will make your path straight. Walking with God, make your path straight. When Daphne returned to herself, when the saints, when we return to ourselves, God has promised to make our path straight when we get out ourselves. I'm going to say that again. God promised to make our crooked path straight when we become unself-absorbed, not self-absorbed, and lean on him and lean not to our own understanding. Now, leaning to your own understanding does not necessarily mean do not lean on the knowledge that God has given you or do not lean on common sense. That's, that's not what it means. What it means is that if you're not looking at the circumstance that you're going through as God looks at it, you're leaning to your own understanding. If you're letting what you see override what God says, you are leaning to your understanding. If you walk by sight in this thing and not by faith in this thing, you are leading, you are leaning to your own understanding. Uh, Psalms 13 and 2 says, how long must I take counsel in my soul? Have sorrow in my heart all day. So remember we read that's 13 and 1. A man who takes counsel in his own soul, talks to himself without God, is going to be a long time in sorrow because God is the only one that can pull you out. 13 and 2 told us that, that, that he asked, how long will I just continue to rely on what I want to do to get out the situation? How long will I be self-absorbed under my own strength and power? So those who walk with God are thinking about the collective more than they think about themselves. Because if they think about the collective, they'll find out that what they're going through, the collective is going through, and we can all pull us each other out. It's like a chain. The, what's, the, what's, the, what's the weakest point of a chain? The weakest link. And when one saint begins to get weak in their faith, it is our responsibility as we read in uh, Thessalonians that we should come alongside this person and lift them up and help bring them out. And it doesn't always have to be the clergy. And I always encourage you guys, you guys have enough Holy Spirit, each, every one of you, that I'm telling you, your words have power because that person that you're talking to, that person that listens to you on this line could be feeling the same way that you do. And they need to know they got a partner, not a partner in pity party, but a partner in faith. And maybe if we start talking to each other about the goodness of God, which leads us to repentance, we can come out of this thing. And a lot of times I'm telling you, saints, I've experienced, I've listened to you guys. And you guys have experienced it too. You guys have experienced it too. Number four, walking in humility. Micah 6 and 8 says, He has told you, O oh man, what is good. Now think about this. He has told you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk in humility with your God. Love justice, do kindness. A person who walks with God loves justice, loves the right thing, loves to do kind things. But more importantly, he loves to humble himself before his God. He walks in humility with God. 
And like I told you guys the other day, when you walk in humility with God, it doesn't mean that you don't come boldly before the throne of grace with your issues. Which, what it means is that you become unself-absorbed. Don't become a narcissist. It's not all about you. And you're able to come to God with the honesty and the clarity of your issues. So when you come humbly before God and boldly before God, meaning that you are willing to trust God enough, as we trust was one of them, people who walk with God, you will come to God and just tell him the truth. Humility is simply telling the truth. It's not cowing down. It's not being sad. It's willing to go to the source that can solve your problem. Not the resource, but the source. See, I am but a spoon in the pot. We are all spoons in God's pot and we all got our spoons with holes in it. Remember, I taught you guys that. And whatever I bring out, I can give to you because even a spoon, if you ever dipped your dipped in a bowl of a pot of soup with, a, with those spoons that have the holes in it, it does bring out something, not as much as you may want, but it's enough. Well, we are all spoons with holes, each and every one of us. But the resources in the pot, which is God. And what we do is stick our, stick our spoon in the pot every day and try to come up with something not only that we can use, but also others can use. So that's humility. We're willing to stick our cold spoon into that hot pot and let God give us what we need. So we have to come with humility. That's number four. Number five, walk in good works. Ephesians uh, 2 and 10 tells us, therefore, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are all created, those who walk with God to do good things to pe for people and for God. We always look at God's glory first when we try to do anything that we do. We're dealing with people, unbelievers. And believers, the glory goes to God. Again, we are his workmanship. Again, we are his tool. We are his clay. He makes some for honor, some for dishonor. But even the one for dishonor, as we know in Nebuchadnezzar, gives glory to God because he can be used by God too. There's nothing that happens in this world that God is not control over. And you have to believe that during this time. The people, the saints that are having the most time with this is trying to rationalize their religious activity and how good they've been in church versus what they're going through now. And you can't. When you do that, that will leave you into despair. That will drive you into depression because you're coming to God and saying, look, God, I've been good. I've done these good works. Why don't I, why am I going through this? But see, he said we're made unto good works and we are his workmanship. So he works us to deal with other people. And then he gets the glory by deciding one when to save them, one when to activate the joy in them, one when to for the saint that is that is, is down, when to lift them up. You are just a messenger. You are not the one who who water. You're not the one who grows this thing. The man who plants, the man who waters. But God gives the increase. God gives the the growth. So God is the workman. God is the actual one who's making things grow. He is sanctifying you. That's growing you up in the maturity of the faith. We are all at different points in our sanctification process. None of us are the same, but we're all on the same boat, going in the same direction, going to end up in the same place. And for the super saint or the mature saint or the one who believes that he's far ahead, he may be further behind because in the arrogance of your self-absorbed relationship with God, you think you're better than somebody else. And with us, in the moment you do that, you go from being first to last. The moment you think you're better, 
You go from first to last. The Bible always teaches us to be the greatest servant. The Bible always teaches us to go lower, even low to sacrifice our life if needed. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walk of Truth Radio Podcast and Senior Pastor of Walk of Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I want to invite you to link up with us. Yes, come with us on the journey through the Word of God. You can do this by going to our YouTube page and subscribe, Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. You can also search us on the internet by going to Walk in Truth Radio with Dr. James Sutton. You may also find us by hashtag DRJCS2 and hashtag WIT. CFC. If you would like to donate and support this ministry, please do so and look in the description. We have PayPal, Venmo, and Cash App. But most of all, we need your prayers to continue our work. I want to thank you in advance, and I want you to be blessed and encouraged. And always, like I always say, be at peace. And remember, saints of God, walk in truth. Peace. That's, and the moment you do that, you go from being first to last. The moment you think you better, you go from first to last. The Bible always teaches us to be the greatest servant. The Bible always teaches us to go lower, even low to sacrifice our life if needed. We can, we can help each other by willing to go just a little bit lower in our humility. And see, if you humble yourself to God, we know that God will exalt you. And if you humble yourself to the men and women of God who are put before you, then God will also exalt you because you're doing his work. He's using you. And I want to encourage you during this time, saints, let God use you. You are his workmanship and you have been made for good works. The sixth one point I want to bring out in verse one, this is just verses one through three, is that we are willing to receive instructions. And I know that's a hard one. Because most of us think we've learned enough Bible, we got it going on and we've made it. You are forever a student of the word of God. There is nobody on the planet that knows all the bad Bible well enough that they can tell you everything about the Bible. They can tell you facts, they can tell you figures, but the key is to combine those facts and those figures into a coherent thought of what. And what, I, what God has shown me through his word is that this, Paul even said, you have all this knowledge and knowledge puffs up. That's one thing. That's being self-absorbed. You can have all the, 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 the tongues. Well, that also can be misused. You can have all these gifts and still miss what God is trying to do. What is ultimately God trying to do? We read it last week. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconcile what? Humankind back to God. How? Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. To have all the God knowledge, to have all this Bible knowledge that, that God has blessed me with, God, and he has, it makes no difference if nobody gets saved. It makes no difference to know about the left tree on the right olive branch on the third day that fell from mammon. That doesn't mean anything. All those facts and figures don't mean anything if it don't get you to Jesus. If it doesn't allow you to get saved and be full of the Holy Ghost, it doesn't allow you to become sanctified. 
If it doesn't allow you to go out and tell people about how you've been saved, if it doesn't help give you a testimony, what's the point? But you got to be willing to receive instruction. And that is the hardest time thing that I found in the uh, church today. The church hurts not because we don't pray enough, not because we don't uh, shout enough, not because we don't dance enough or sing enough. The, the, the problem with the church is biblical illiteracy. We won't sit long enough under a teacher to learn the word of God. We won't. We just, it's just one of those things. You get a little bit, you think you got a lot and you're ready to run. And then you're just like a child with a gun. You know, just enough to be dangerous. And we have a lot of people out here that are dangerous because they tickle the people's ears. And the Bible says, remember, Timothy, in this time, there are going to be people that's going to come to you. False teachers going to come to you and tickle your ears and tell you what you want to hear. And you get a couple of them together. It's like blind leading the blind. They both they all going to fall into a ditch. And the, and the sad part about it is the person who follows the blind person does not get off in God's economy. The person who follows the blind person is going to be responsible for following the blind person. The blind leader is going to get in trouble, yes. But the person who follows them, because at some point, God has given them enough, especially if they're really trying to pursue God, he'll wake them up. And he'll say, come on, that ain't it. And then you got a choice. And a lot of times you're so invested in following the blind leader with your money, your time, and what you thought he, they were doing for you and to you and God was going to bless you. And when it didn't happen, you're too ashamed to break away. But this coronavirus will give people an opportunity as, as I get emails from around the world and in the country. People are breaking away. And this was their out to get away from their false teacher. This was their out. So you got to be willing to uh, sit down and be quiet and learn something. It says, uh, Psalms uh, 32 and 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. So as you get taught through the, through the teacher, it's the Holy Spirit teaching you. We're just a mouthpiece. So it's the Holy Spirit trying to open your eyes. And God just said in Psalms 32, he just said, I will instruct you. I will watch over you. And I will keep an eye on you. See, that's the good thing about when you come into a good biblical teaching church, because God has promised that he's going to keep his eye on you and he's going to keep his watching you. So a person who walks before God is willing, is willing to be taught. Trust God, accountable and responsible, you know, walks in humility. These are the kind of people who, who God can use, who in this psalm that David is talking about, the one who trusts God, the one who will walk with God, the people who will walk upright before God will not use people, you know, will not use people. Let's look at uh, verse three again. It says he's like a tree. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse uh, three, verse. Let me go back. Let's look at verse four and five. And it says in whose eyes vile persons is despised. You should not want to hang around the wicked. You should not want to hang around the wicked other than giving them salvation. You should not take joy in, in the story I was telling you about hanging around the wicked. You know, when I was wicked, there were people that was of the church that loved hanging around me. And you know what I found out? And it's not Bill, but, and I want to say that it's not Apostle Gail either, but there were other people that were in the church. They would love to come over and hang out with me. And you know what? They would never tell me the gospel. And times I would ask them questions and they really didn't have any answers. They just wanted to have a good time and be hanging around the wicked. And it tells us that we despise, but this is what we do. But honors those 
who fear the Lord. Now we talk about not the fear that we think in the English language, but the reverence, the Lord, people who respect the Lord. Then the next part of it says who swear to his own hurt and does not change. That means your Christian character. That means you admit your faults. You speak to your own heart. You speak to your truth. You speak to God's truth in your heart. And because you're you're speaking the heart of God with God's words, you will have this. You will not change. And what does not change me? My change is like being planted on on a solid foundation or being uh, planted by the still waters. As Psalms uh, 15 and 5 tells us who in 15 and 5 goes on and said, who does not put out his money in interest? Don't loan your brothers and sisters money on interest. Don't tell them they got to pay you back extra. It's just loan them out. And don't never. And you know what? I tell people all the time. One of the things that helps me deal with people that borrow money from me. I never loan out more money than I can forgive to give it to them, meaning that I may want it back. I do want it back. I trust in their words. They're going to pay me back. But if I can't if I can't afford to lose it, don't give it. Because what that does is called animosity. So don't don't charge interest and don't loan out money that you're going to be upset if you don't get it back. Because we all been there. There's a lot of times. Just just some relatives. I can sense there's some of y'all on the phone right now. Got some relatives that owe y'all money and y'all mad as a bear at them. You mad as a bear at them. I hear the laughter going on right now. You mad as a bear at them, but you, you need to let that go. You need to let that go because that's stopping you. That's stopping your Christian light shining. That little bit of leaven is stopping from, from you from going. So don't charge them an interest and don't get upset with them and don't take a bribe. Don't don't compromise yourself. Don't compromise the gospel. Never take a bribe. And it says he who does these things shall never be moved. Never be moved. Like I say, you are solid. You're on a solid foundation of the spirit of God. Psalms one and one says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. So we don't walk in that way. We don't live our life out that way. We live our life out in a righteous manner. And we delight in the what? Law of the Lord. That's that's number two. And second, uh, first Corinthians three ten says, according to the grace of God given to me, it tells us that we are like, uh, what it say? It says like a skilled master or builder lay, I laid a foundation and what someone else builds on it. Okay. So Peter, so Paul, so I mean, Paul, Lay the foundation that Jesus gave him and then we build on the foundation. But there's no other foundation that can be laid that we can build on. There's no other foundation that can be laid that we can build on. There's nothing that we can do uh, but build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And if any way we build anything we build on, if it's not of Christ, it's going to come down. That's what verse 11 tells us. For no one can have a foundation and lay have laid a foundation and that has that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Your foundation, what we talk is Jesus Christ. What we walk is Jesus Christ. How we live is Jesus Christ. It's no other foundation. We don't living in the spirit is living by the precepts and concepts of Jesus Christ. We do not follow man. We follow God. We follow God. We always follow God. And 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 we have to continue to follow God and let our light shine that other people may see 
the God in us. We have to continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. But we have to walk in a manner that's honorable to God. So who walks with God? Who would dwell in the house of God? People who live an upright life. People who trust God. People who have humility. People who are not self-absorbed. People don't spend all the time, all their time running around trying to prove their religion and different philosophies of man to show how smart they are. But the people who will to humble themselves before the mighty hand of God and in due time, they will get exalted. And that's what we look for. We know that in due time, we trust that in due time that God will exalt us and take us to that next level. But we have to learn how to dwell with God, walk with God, be in Christ Jesus and be humble one towards another. So that's the end of the lecture part. You guys can come back in and tell me what you saw in uh, Psalms 15. This is where you can come back in. Um, yes, Pastor. I was just about to say um, this is um, an excellent scripture. Um, this scripture can be used as a guide. Like if you ever had a question about the type of person God wants you to be, you can use this as self-examination. You can use it as a guide. Um, mm -hmm. So it says, he who walks with integrity and strength of character and works righteousness, um, someone who has all these characteristics, they are a true Christian. And because of that, um, they won't be shaken. They can't be moved. They won't lose their salvation. But of course, you know that our righteousness is through Jesus Christ. So during the sanctification process, we can work on these characteristics. And these are the characteristics of a true Christian. Amen. In Psalms 1 and 3, it says, He is like a tree planted by a stream of water that will yield its fruit in due time. You are that tree. Those who walk with, now think about this. A tree is planted. But if you walk with God, you are that tree. So it's kind of a, a oxymoron. How, the trees don't walk. Trees are planted. But those who walk with God are planted. What kind of stream? The stream of the living water. And you are guaranteed that you will yield some fruit. And what is the fruit? Love, the kindness, humility, the trusting. And you will be able to give that to other people. You will have the full fruit of the spirit. Not one thing, but you have encompassed all things in Christ Jesus. Anybody else? This is simple, but I said safety and stability under the tent of God. So if you are, you know, as long as you stay under uh, God's roof, then you will be stable and you will learn to do the things that are of God. Yes, ma'am. That's true. This is so simple, but you, as we know, it is hard to do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, we can we make it hard. How do we make it hard? By being disobedient. <laughs> right. By being disobedient. It seems it's very simple. Well, a lot of times we don't allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. We want our way instead of allowing the Holy Spirit because he's there for us. And what really sticks out to me is that number, uh, verse number 2 of 15. Who, he who walks blameless and does what is right and speaks the truth in his heart. Mm -hmm. So what truth, Sister Luetta, what truth am I, what truth should I be speaking into my heart? 
the word of God. The word of God. Any, anybody else can expound upon that? What, what kind of, give me some truths that I should speak into my heart. Anybody? Mm-hmm. What about, what about he lives? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. See, that's what I'm saying. Don't get so deep in thought in this. Let's start at the base. Let's start at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. Everything that happened at Calvary is true. Right? He's still in control. He's still in control. Okay. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay. And the truth is, the breath that we breathe, he provides for us. I want to thank you again, saints of God, for coming along with us through the word of God on today. Our journey has been short and brief, but we look forward to continuing on with you in God's vineyard. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to contact us, please do so by emailing me at WITMIN at yahoo.com or SUTTON968 at gmail.com. We always want you to be encouraged and be blessed and be at peace. And always remember, walk in truth. And thank you again for coming along on today's journey.